Well, great. Well, this morning we are going to jump back into the word and to what he would be speaking. And we're right in the middle of this uh, series, All In. I believe and we're seeing all over the United States of America, God is moving. The spirit of God is being poured out. And what happens when that ha- people are praying, people are tarrying, people are coming to the altar. Pastor friends, uh, just like we're experiencing more, more people just want to spend time all over the place. That's what's happening. I was talking to one of our uh, Assembly of God churches up in the Cleveland area. They're like, we just keep coming and God keeps moving. And testimonies that were given this morning, like the one that was given this morning, people coming and just God's breaking and doing amazing things that through the difficulties of life. He's healing, he's restoring. We're seeing this happen. And in moments like this, my own answer, and I pray the answer you'd have, are we, are we, the question is, are we going to be all in? Because when we are, it takes movement from us. We can't just want to be all in. We have to be all in. I mean, we have to do it. We've got to make the effort. And I'm asking the Lord in my own life, in a radiant life, Lord Jesus, don't let any part of me, don't let any part of us get kind of in or be more in than we used to be or really good in. But no, I want to be all in with what he's doing. I believe that the verses we read a few minutes ago are a great example of what we are called to do. In fact, in my Bible, the title, which is not biblical, it's not, Paul didn't put that in there, but it says, further instructions, right before what we read. That's, I think, where we are. Lord, what's some further instructions? What have you called us to? And we're going to look at these verses and how they apply to us today. Before we dive back into that, I uh, found this awesome statistics of just a 70-year-old man, what he's done in his life, what he spent his time on. Uh, So I'm going to read this to you. It says, a study revealed that on an average 70-year-old man has spent 24 years sleeping. Which real fast, come on. Come on, somebody. Yes, Lord. I'm all in. Uh, I believe sleep is so, in fact, I don't need to believe it. It is so important to you. And I pray often for a Radiant Life Church that we would be people that sleep. That feel, I receive the just refreshing of what God does. Because sleep is vital. So that's important. But then going on. 14 years working, eight years in amusement, six years at the dinner table, five years in transportation. Isn't that terrible? Five years driving in vehicles or transportation. Four years in conversation. Men, four years in conversation. I'm not sure about that. I don't think that's real. But uh, three years in education, two years in studying and reading. Uh, His other four years were spent in miscellaneous pursuits. Of those four years, he spent 45 minutes in church on Sundays, and five minutes were devoted to prayer each day. This adds up to not at all impressive total of five months that he gave to God over the 75 years of his life as they did this study. Even if this man had been a faithful churchgoer who attended Sunday uh, services, life groups, a midweek service, he would have spent only one year and nine months in church in his life. And when I think about it, averages and statistics all of those things but what what would someone look at me and if they look at me and look at my life what would they say was important to me what would someone say about you if they just looked at your life if they just followed you around what would be important because I want to throw out there today that people are looking at you the world is watching and in a day and age and culture where church is not cool like it used to be, or it's not just normal like it used to be. In fact, the Bible 
uh, isn't even accepted like it once was by any means, what would the world say if they look at you? If they look at who you are, what you do? And this morning, I believe what Paul would speak to us are some things to really help us navigate myself. Not what someone else would say, but am I accomplishing what God has called me to accomplish? And that's my prayer. Here in the next 20 minutes or so that you would be blessed and encouraged to take a step, to keep moving, to be all in. Where someone can watch your life and see Jesus in you. Verse 2 in Colossians 4. Continue steadfastly. In prayer. Paul, of all the things he could start this little further instructions, of all the things he could say uh, to be careful about what you watch and think about important things. He could say love people. He could say all of the things. But he says what is the foundation and the base for everything else we ever possibly do, which is continue steadfastly in prayer. And I love that he uses the word continue as the beginning, because he assumes that if you're a follower of Jesus, which is what this is being written to, that you must be, we must be in prayer, because how could we possibly be Christians and followers of Jesus if we're not talking to God, if we're not communing with God, if the word of God isn't becoming real and active in our life? And when I begin to think, Lord Jesus, would the people around me say, yep, continue in prayer, keep doing it. And right at the beginning, no matter how much I pray, I always realize, Lord, I want to spend more time in prayer. I don't pray more, and I'm like, ooh, I finally made the level. Because I want more of Jesus, and that's what prayer is. I'm not talking about reading a list of things that I need or want or desire. I'm talking about spending time with our God and our Creator and our Lord and learning to love Him and to walk with Him. Learning to let the Word of God be life. As we read last week, earlier in Colossians, Jesus is life. His word is life. Relationship is life. Continue steadfastly in prayer. And if we're going to be the church where the world can look at us and say, whoa, something is different. Prayer must be the foundation. It must be where everything else comes off of. Because I cannot love. I can't watch what I watch or think about or talk about. I can't do anything unless First, I've been with Jesus, and he's changed my heart, and he continually changes my heart. Continue in prayer, being watchful in it. And I love that when we think about prayer, once again, even more than a list of things, although we pray for things, God asks us to, calls us to do that. But when we are praying a watchful prayer, this is really speaking about all day, every day. Are we in a place where we're listening for the voice of the Lord? Are we in a place where we're asking Lord, what would you have me to do now? Okay, 30 seconds later, what would you have me to do now? And I may not need to ask the actual, what would you have me to do now? But am I in an attitude, a continual place of prayer where, Lord, you speak and I'm going to move. Lord, you tell me to go and I'm going to go. Lord, my direction was there. I was heading there, but you want me to go here. And I'm just going to go there no matter if it messes up my plans or not. Because I'm walking in you, listening for you, listening for what you would say, being watchful. And... The last of that verse, with thanksgiving, being thankful for what our God has done. But I also believe that there's a huge part that God has spoken already. He's died on a cross already. He's already defeated death, hell, and the grave. He's already in his own prayer teaching us to pray. Says, hey, on earth as it is in heaven, which means we should expect 
heaven to show up and invade our life. That there's something about giving thanks to him. And in fact, in the process of, of asking, in the process of walking with him, in the process of, Lord, you're telling me to go over here. Well, thank you, Lord. Let's go. Because I know when he leads and when he guides and I'm with him and I pray and I spend time with him and his heart. Not what I want. My desires, my list might change when I spend more time with Jesus because all of a sudden his heart becomes my heart then I can already begin to say, Lord, thank you so much because I know you're going to accomplish what you've called. I know you're going to accomplish and wherever you lead me, something's going to happen. Wherever it takes place over here, I know it's going to be powerful. So even in the process, as I'm continually praying, as I'm walking in you, as I'm being watchful for what you have, as I am, I'm going to be thanking you every step of the way. And I believe right now, what we are seeing at Radiant Life and all over the world, all over the United States, is a people that are starting to be watchful and come to church and go to their marketplace and say, Lord, something's going to take place. Something's going to happen. I'm not just going to go to church and leave church, but maybe in the middle I might see or be myself healed or restored or set free of something I've just lived with. And when we begin to live a life that is watchful, when we begin to live a life that is prayerful, then we start to say, Lord, I can't wait for church on Sunday. I can't wait to get together with my small group. I can't wait to get to work because that person on the other side of that cubicle, I've been praying for them for years and something's going to happen today. Then I start to get a little bit excited. Then I start to say, Lord, which restaurant should I go to today? Because I believe the waitress or the waiter needs a word from you. So Lord, lead me to the right place. Anybody, could we get excited? But when we walk with him, that's what begins to happen. I don't just take my dog on a walk anymore. Not that I do that. My dad does that, but some of you do that. But I, I take my dog on a walk looking with my eyes in a watchful state of, Lord, who today, who today is going to be your victim? Who today is going to get prayed for? Who today is going to have something crazy happen? And maybe I don't actually get to talk to every one of them, but I'm praying all the way by. Lord, you give me the, you give me the go ahead and I'll go over there. You give me the go ahead and we're going to see something crazy happen. And when we live in a way where we are watchful, where we're continuing steadfast in prayer, then our life changes and our boring, mundane, whatever you want to throw, is, can't be that anymore. Because nothing that God does is boring or mundane and you're taking and you're a carrier of his presence. So today walk in him. But it's all about, Lord, am I coming expectant or am I coming because it's just what I do? And maybe something neat will happen and maybe... It maybe. Forget maybe. Lord, he's already spoken. He's already done it. So today I'm coming to church and God's going to show up. And then I'm going to leave church and God's going to show up. And I'm going to go to bed and I'm going to get eight beautiful hours of sleep so that I can then be revived and ready to roll so I can do it all again. And even if he wakes me up at three in the morning, instead of being discouraged, I'm going to pray and I'm going to make the devil hate it every time I wake up in the middle of the night. What happens when our mind changes and all of a sudden we're like, come on, just wake me up tonight, devil, because someone's going to come to know you if you wake me up in the middle of the night. What happens when we let God lead, continuing steadfast in prayer? 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And someone might need to hear today that the victory is yours. Jesus has already done it. In fact, we're going to take like a 30-second prayer break right here that whatever you need, whatever you're believing for, whatever God is, is doing in your life, we're going to believe that he's going to make it happen. And so I don't want you to pray, Lord, it would be cool. Or No, could you pray like you believe it today? It's going to happen in your life or in their life or for the loved one that you want to see come to know him. 
So we're going to take 30 seconds. Lord Jesus, we're thankful today that every need in this room, every problem, every obstacle, every person and family member that doesn't know you, they're going to experience the God of the universe. So we pray for protection and peace and wholeness, Lord, so that they can come into a relationship with you. And we're going to get to spend heaven together, Lord. We're thankful for those that are believing for healing. Lord, thank you for the healing that you already has been sent, is already on the way, God. We believe and we expect what you are doing. And we're going to watch and we're going to look and we're going to be thankful that this week, each person in this room is going to have an opportunity to share you, to proclaim you, to pray for somebody, maybe in the quiet of our heart. But Lord, maybe not even that, out in public to say, hey, can I pray for you today? Lord Jesus, we are thankful. Not if something happens, but we're thankful it is happening. You are restoring. You are bringing healing. You are bringing wholeness today. Lord, we're going to continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful with thanksgiving. Come on. God is good in the house this morning. Let's get praying. Secondly, he goes on, and I think you could just put it, get speaking. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ. Now, we've already read it, but I think when I see this, these verses, I'd be like, you know what's going on? Um, they're having really good situations. Like God is moving, uh, something powerful is taking place and happening. And, you know, I would just be in a spot where you'd say, man, God is showing up and everything's good. And not, Oh, wait, the next part says, for which account I am in prison. In the moment where we would say would be our worst spot and our worst situation and our worst uh, uh, moments, God is showing up in his life. And he's like, Lord, let me be able to speak your word. Let me be able to pour out the goodness of who you are. And what happens in our life when we begin to be people that say, I'm going to be speaking your goodness. And devil, you want to put me in jail while I feel like I am now tied to this guard. Well, you know what's going to happen while I'm tied to that guard? I'm going to speak to that guard over and over and over and over again. I'm going to, in fact, why don't you just rotate those guards in and out so I get a new one, a new one. I don't know how long. I feel like in Roman day, like I bet it was like at least 12-hour shifts. I'm sure it wasn't, you know, like four or five hours things we do. So give me 12 hours with this guy and then bring me a new one. What happens if our prayer is even when it's not like we want it to be, that our prayer becomes... Pray that God may open to us the door for the word to declare the mystery of God. The mystery of Christ. The mystery of who he is. Anybody? Does that sound pretty great? Because our focus goes to Jesus. Our focus goes to the King of kings and Lord of lords. And no longer does the chain that's tied from my ankle to their ankle. From my ankle to their wall. Or from my problem to what seems like no good. All of a sudden I'm like forget that God you can do whatever you want to do and I lift my eyes to you and I'm going to be speaking of the power of who you are I, I, there's something about it there's something about it when we listen to what God has get praying get speaking go after the things of Jesus he is so good verse 4 that I may make it clear which is how I ought to speak now when I think of get speaking, is there anybody in the, uh, in the room? You, we're gonna, this is like a real thing. So if this might be you, in a second you're going to have to raise your hand. That when you're like, Lord, I do not know what to say. If I'm out in public, I just don't know what to say. If I'm trying to proclaim who you are, or trying to you know, preach a little bit. or Anybody, you'd say, I don't know what to say. Anybody nervous in the room? 
come on, a bunch of you are lying, all of us in the room, I think would be in a spot where you'd say, that's me. Because Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, who brought the gospel to the Gentiles, like Paul is in this moment saying, would you pray that I make it clear which is what I ought to speak? Would you, Jesus, help me say the right thing? Would you, Jesus, help me know the right way to go? Would you help me know what to say so this person can experience you? Paul prayed that. I'm just going to throw it out there. If Paul is praying that, he's like, I don't know what to say. Please pray for me. In fact, enough, he writes it in the letter. Like, church, please pray for me. Because I don't know what to say to this guy that's tied to me. I don't know what to say to the guy that's, that's my jailer. I don't know what to say when I get out of here and maybe it's in more. Church, that's what we need to be praying. If we're going to be speaking, we must be in tune with God. And then it also means, church, it's not about your great wisdom and your authority and knowing all things. Because if you're like me, you don't got that. We don't have that at all. But God does. And when I'm in tune with God, all of a sudden, Lord, you lead, you guide, I'm in. You lead, you guide, I'm going to go have a conversation. You lead, you guide, like I'm sitting at Olive Garden and I, I'm praying, like prayer's important there because it has to be the soft breadsticks that you go to fall apart, like really bad for you ones, those, and where the salad has extra salad dressing on top, like you have to have the real deal. This week we're there, first salad, not as good as the second salad, which had way more which made it no longer healthy at all. But that's okay. Who cares? We don't pray about that anymore. Instead, we're like, Lord, that person at the table next to me, I just feel they need prayer. I'm like, well, I don't know what to say. Well, I bet if you get up and you walk in the power of God, say, I'm just wondering, anybody need prayer here? Number one, the worst thing that happens is they say, no, nah, we're good. Okay, you go sit back down and get back to your breadsticks. Like, that's not a big deal. But you know what happens so much of the time? Well, actually, yeah, I could use some prayer. You're like, I'm not very good at praying. Well, you know how you'll get good at praying? Asking people in public if you can pray for them. Real fast, be like, Lord, come on, I need you because I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. And you start to pray right there in that moment. In fact, my dad, he just, uh, he sent me a text minute, a message a few uh, minutes ago uh, that yesterday mom asked the cashier if they were okay and said, what, if she could pray for him, got to pray for him right in, the, right in the aisle, right in the cashier checkout place, right? Because you say, hey, everything all right? No? Oh, sometimes you ask, that might be. Well, can I pray for you? Then, Lord Jesus, is it possible that even in a prayer, you could give me a word of wisdom or knowledge that I don't even know, and I don't even know that I'm doing it, but God, you lead me, because this isn't my canned prayer, but Lord, you speak it, I'm gonna pray it. Come on, God, you got me? I'm not sure. You know when you find out that he does have you? When you start praying. And you start walking in him. And you step out of your own. And you start, Lord, I've been in prayer. My life is bathed in prayer. I need you, just like Paul. Please make it clear what I ought to speak. Because I don't know what to speak. So, Lord, here we are. And we step out. And God does. But it, he's not going to move. If I've not been in prayer, I can't hear him because I'm just not listening. He's there. He's speaking. I just am not listening. If I won't take a step, if I'm not going to speak it out, then guess what? I miss the blessing of walking a true Christian life. And the people around me miss the blessing of me walking a true Christian life. The world needs us. They're watching us. We must be all in for God. Now this may be weird, and I could just skip this, but I put this on the, uh, the screen. Uh, they're going to throw it up here. It says, all are not called to, of God to preach, but all have an obligation to share the gospel. I did this on Friday. 
And then I was praying, and this morning specifically, I was like, that is a load of hogwash. So just scratch that out. That is not true. Let's change this around. All are called of God to preach. Like, just to, to boil it down. Maybe or maybe not it's on a stage, and maybe or maybe it's not in front of a whole bunch of people, but maybe it is, but every single one of us are called to preach. When you read it all, it does say that, but then it goes on even dumber and says, but all have an obligation to share the gospel. As I was praying this morning, true followers of Jesus, now we're all working towards being closer and closer. We don't have an obligation to share the gospel. We don't have a have to, I have to preach, or ah, the opposite. If we follow Jesus, we will preach the gospel, and we will share the gospel, and it will be a joy and an honor in our life. And in fact, if that statement is true in my life, then I need to go find Jesus a little bit more, where it's not some obligation like, well, this week I did it, I checked it off the box, so everything's okay. Like, if that's where I am, no, it cannot be. But instead, Lord Jesus, I am called to preach, so this morning, I'm going to get up. Now, this morning for me, I actually get to preach on a stage, so that's fun. I love it, right? But tomorrow morning, I don't have a, a stage to preach on, but Lord, I am called to preach, so you just give me somebody, anybody, anybody that I can preach to. And it's not going to be an obligation. It's the, in fact, it's the joy of my life to let somebody else know of what God has done in my life and what he's done for them already and what he wants to do in their life. And there's no obligation to follow the basic principles of going and doing what God has said. Forget that. That God has just been dealing with me and man, when we put our eyes on Jesus, and we focus on Jesus and we stop looking at all of our problems and all of our concerns and our worries and instead of filtering like Jesus through everything this way and I put my eyes on Jesus, then he filters everything good in our direction. He gives us wisdom and guidance. But when I go through my problems and my pain and my problems and my pain and my problems and things that we can all, right now, we could all list off lots of things. Okay, I just want to, if you feel you're alone, you're not. We can list off lots of things. But am I looking at Jesus, who is perfect, who's the author and perfecter of my faith, who has already called us to be seated with him, if I'm already living in prayer and speaking his name, then I'm going to look at him and my problems and my issues and my sin. No longer do I want to do sin if I'm looking at Jesus. No longer am I, it's not that bad. And this week, it's just been uh, burning in my heart. We cannot be a people who are like, it's not that bad. It's not sin. It may not be good, but it's not sin. We start looking at Jesus, and all of a sudden, in my life, there's things that are not sin. That would be sin for me, because if I'm following Jesus, I'm going that way. And if I turn the other way to do something that isn't that bad, it's not sin, it becomes sin for me, because I'm called to go that way. And if I'm against Jesus... So what happens, church, when we start to live our life in a way where I'm going to focus on Jesus? I'm not going to focus on my problems and my pain. And in this room, there's serious problems. There's serious pain. It's not about minimizing what we're walking through, but it is about I'm not going to filter everything through my pain. I'm going to filter everything through Jesus who holds me and lifts me up and strengthens me. And then I'm going to let my world know. I'm going to let them experience with me, even pre, they don't know Jesus yet, but they're going to start to know him just because I'm going to talk about him. My God is good. My God is good. Listen to what he did. Start talking about him out there. Speak his name. Speak of the goodness of God because he is powerful and mighty. And that leads us to our last part, which I've kind of gotten ahead of myself. Verse 5, walk in wisdom. Get walking. 
We can't just do. We can't just pray. We can't just, ah, I'm at the altar. The altar is great. And as a pastor, I love the altar. And in fact, I believe the altar is so vital for what we do when we get out of the church. Because if we won't come and have an altar with the Lord, and we can have an altar at our home, and our prayer closet, and all these places. But if we will not come to an altar in our heart, where there's no way we're going to be able to follow him and walk with him as we should outside. We must be at an altar with Jesus. Literal or in our spirit. In our car or at the church. You know, whatever. Both. We, we need it. But walk in wisdom towards outsiders. This is what we need. Lord, help us walk in wisdom. Making the best use of our time. And church, that is our call today. When I start to pray more, believe more, speak up more, then all of a sudden the other stuff doesn't matter in my life. Once again, I'm looking at Jesus. And the things that are falling apart don't matter because I'm looking at Jesus. The stuff I put my money into doesn't matter because I'm looking at Jesus. And then it starts to be like, Lord, would you use the stuff I put my money into to help other people come to know you and to bring life and healing and wholeness? And if not, I probably don't need that anymore because it just doesn't matter anymore. And here coming up in a few weeks, we're going to start a a series, the end of of April, that's going to be titled Enjoy. And we're going to talk about enjoying the goodness, enjoying creativity, enjoying what God has given us. It's important. But if we enjoy those things and it turns us inward and we never bring anybody along the journey, we miss the whole point. But when we enjoy for our creator and let people experience the enjoyment that God gives us, then they're going to say, what is wrong with that person? Their life has the same issues that I do, but they love life. And they're creative and they bring the goodness of God. Could I say if we're a golfer in the room, I love golfing. If golfing is four or five hours, a really busy Saturday, five and a half, six hours, of you by yourself, not talking to anybody, not encouraging anybody, not enjoying, just that's what you do. Maybe we use what we love in a hobby and we bring two or three people along with us and we have four, five, six hours to proclaim the goodness of God. And not in like a preach, get my Bible out, maybe. Although maybe you have your Bible ready because you never know what God might do. But hey, how you doing? And you get in conversation. And maybe on the third, fourth hole, you pray with one of them. On the seventh, eighth, ninth hole, you pray with another. By the time you get through the thing, you've been able to pray and encourage. And maybe it's been out loud in like a small circle. Or maybe in your mind, and your spirit, you're praying for them. And God opens up the door. And you use the creativity, the enjoyment of your life. You use it to bring healing and wholeness to the people that you're playing with. And all of a sudden, your good or bad score doesn't actually matter anymore. You might even score better living it that way because who cares? I'm not going to break my club over something because that's not going to go with just praying for the person on the last hole. So let's believe and ah, that was the worst round of golf I ever had, but I led someone to the Lord. So it was the best day I've ever had in my life. What happens when our life changes? Whatever your thing is, whatever your enjoyment is, can we get walking and lead people to the Lord? Can we get walking and walking in wisdom and the power of who he is? Can we let those outside the the church begin to see who we are because we're making the best use of our time? Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so you may know how you ought to answer each person. I think every one of us would want that. Lord, I, I... I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to stir up stuff. I don't want to cause problems. Church, that means I need to be in prayer. I need to spend time with Jesus. The word of God needs to be more important than what I want. 
or what I used to want. The word of God has to be what flows through me because when it does and when he flows through my life, then all of a sudden I can be gracious because my life is seasoned with salt. It's not a flare prayer in the moment. It's an active moment and who I am, my whole entire life, I'm praying, I'm seasoned. Lord, season me more. Let me look more like you. And where I had serious rough edges now, God, I'm not what I used to be. And it's not because of me. It's because of you. And I get to go back to praying and giving him praise and glory and honor and thanks for who he is. And my life now is about making the best use of time. So in my business ventures, in everything I do, my entertainment, my family, it's all about how can I share Jesus? How can I proclaim Jesus? Some in the room have giftings for making money. How can I let what God has given me see people all over the world come to know him? Like, God gives you giftings. And now, Lord, how, how can you use those things? And you spend time with him. You turn your business, your job, your life into a constant prayer time. And he'll speak. And he'll move. And he'll show up, show up. But not because we say, I want you to do it. But because we actually spend time with Jesus. He'll show up. You spend time with him. He'll move. And the church... In America right now is experiencing God. Every pastor I talk to in just another way. Why? Because people are not just saying, I wish you would, or I would like to see, but they're praying. We are praying. We're believing. We're coming with expectation. We're spending time with Jesus. And if you're on the outside and you're like, I'm not doing that, I want to encourage you, jump in. Life is so much better when you're closer to Jesus. Your problems are so much smaller because you don't even look at them anymore. Jesus is moving. Where you need a miracle instead of maybe, I know he can. No, you start to say he's gonna because he's speaking. He's showing. I'm looking at him. Life filters through him instead of the other way around. This morning, I want you to know that God cares both about the prayer closet and the public street. He cares about you in those moments with him. He cares about the altar and he cares about what you do, what we do, what the Rad Fam does when we're not in the confines of our house or our church. And the world must see him. He must see him because we've been with him. Just like Moses, it may or may not be actually like you see the radiance of God, but people should feel it and they should see it. They should see it in us. And maybe every once in a while pray and actually, Lord, if that would help someone, find you, then I pray that I actually literally light up because of the radiance of God is on me. It's a different place to live because you do different things when God's on you. You do different things when you're radiating his presence. You do different things when you've just spent hours with him instead of it's been weeks since being with him. And my prayer is in my life and our church, we're all in. The public street, we're going to see him move. He cares and wants you to care about both your private time and what you do when you go and proclaim his goodness. So church, we have Easter egg hunts and Easter services. We have a summer that's going to be a little different next week. Be sure you come and hear all about it. And church, God wants to speak through you. He wants to speak through your pastor, sure. But if it's here in this room, I've failed. It's about him speaking through you and through me outside 
of these walls. And we're charged up and we're energized. We're at the altar so we can go and show the love of God that May was talking about. Be the arrow to be shot into our world. So I'm going to pray over each one of you. And today, if you've never given your heart to Jesus, it is the greatest thing. That's why we are all here today. That's why we believe there's more churches to be planted. There's more people that need to find him because it's all about Jesus. If you've never given your life to him, I want to encourage you, even while we're praying, just to ask him, Lord, would you forgive me of my sins? And maybe you've studied a Christian that's done something that didn't line up with what I'm talking about or the word. I want to ask you to forgive us because we're sinful people and we're trying. But the more we know of Jesus, the more our lives are changed and we want you. He invites you to come on board with us. He'll change your life just like he is actively changing ours. Call out to him. So we're gonna pray today and if you're open, maybe, maybe lift your hands to him, maybe open your heart to him today. Lord, we are thankful. We're thankful today, Jesus, that you just want us to spend time with you, that it all starts with continuing steadfastly in prayer. It all starts with the wisdom that you give. It starts with being watchful. It starts with being thankful. Lord, to spend time with you, it's not about what we do. It's not about the service we could do or how we are on this or that team. Or, Lord, it's about spending time with you. Everything in our life flows from that spot. Lord, the grace you give isn't because we're awesome. It's because you're awesome. The grace you give is not because we did anything. It's because you did everything. And Lord, today we offer you every part of us. And Lord, would you give us a desire for your word? Would you give us a desire for the, the word of God to be made real and just to spend time in your presence? Lord, less sports radio, less secular music, more time in quiet with you talking to you, more time in your presence worshiping you, more time in a prayer closet in our car focusing on you so that then when we get to work or we get to that place, Lord, we are all fired up. We're fired up because you are moving. And we don't have to be church on Sunday to be fired up. Lord, we're going to continually and steadfastly spend time with you. And Lord, while we do, we are going to speak your goodness because we've been with you. We've got your heart. We're that arrow that is shot out into our world. So Lord, today, would you help us? Would you help us speak up, get speaking about you, talking about you, proclaiming you, Lord, with wisdom, with love, so that our world, Jesus, can see you in us. We're all in. And Lord, as they look, let them see you in us. Because we're walking and we're radiating your presence. We're willing to speak out. And we're willing to get walking. We're willing to get going. So I pray even the enjoyment things, the good things of life, Lord, I pray that we would not leave you behind in those moments, but we would bring people along with us in those moments. And they would see your presence on a golf course or in an art studio or just in what we like to do, a walk or a jog or exercise, whatever it is. Lord, that we bring you along. Lord, the, the gentleman that Rachel and I talked to at Dublin Rec Center, just about every morning we go, Lord, we pray that they would see you in us. Lord, not because we're the best at working out or best at any of that, but because you are radiating through us. Lord, and that's my prayer for every person in this room. Let them walk in you. Let them take you to their world, Jesus, and be encouraged. Lord, if there's somebody in the room like Sharon was a couple of weeks ago that feels beat down, Lord, that just feels like all of these things have happened and they're struggling, Lord, I pray that today they would feel your love, that you would wrap them in their arms. In fact, that they would not leave this house, this place today, 
Lord Jesus. And so they've been prayed over, they've been encouraged, and they would reach out for it. Lord, healing and wholeness on our spirits, on our minds, on our hearts. Healing and wholeness on bodies, Lord. We believe that testimonies are going to come from this service, God. Because we've sat in your presence. We've called out multiple times what we believe. Lord, we thank you. In fact, Lord, as we close this time, we just, we thank you. Lord, thank you for who you are. Thank you for loving us, for caring for us. Thank you that when we call out, it's not a, a, to a, a void and darkness, but we call out to the God of the universe and you hear and you respond. So we expect for things to happen today. Lord, because you're on the throne. You're so good. Lord, bless this church. Let them be encouraged, build up, and sleep well. Lord, I pray that we would be a rested group because we rest in you. No anxiety, no worry would keep us down from anything. And Lord, when we maybe every once in a while are woken up, Lord, I pray that it would turn in to the most spiritually benefiting time. Lord, and if we could have trouble, trouble sleeping, if that's an enemy's attack in our life, Lord, I pray it would be thrown, he'd be thrown on his head, God. And you would speak in those moments. Lord, your goodness, your rest, Lord, so we can be ready to go to make a difference in our world. We love you, Jesus. You're so good. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Church, our God is good in the house. Go in the power of our God this week. Come on. Be careful what you watch. Be careful what you listen to. Be careful what you talk about. Savor the presence of Jesus. Love y'all.